You're listening to the Birdie Dad podcast. They can't make a birdie, but they can dad. And now your hosts, Jared, Brian, and Trevor. Hey, what's up, Brian? It, we're back. Birdie yes. Dad golf podcast. Yeah. Well, two, two of us are back. We're missing one. Two, we are down a man this week. Yeah, yeah. Tre- Trevor got stuck with some family obligations, so um, it was just the two of us. And uh, yeah, I think uh, we should hear more than just the two of us, Jared. What do you think? I think so. Uh, you know, we're recording this late at night. It reminds me of the old love line with uh, <laughs> Doctor Drew and Adam. Doctor Drew. Oh yeah. But yeah. Um, yeah, we're down a man. I think we should go back dig into the archives and listen back to who I think and you think are one of the hottest names in golf right now. Yep. I think that's Scott Stallings. We had him on and all of a sudden this year it's, uh, he's back. So I think, I think we gave him the juice, Jared. Yeah. Just like, uh, we talked to the guys earlier this year, young golf city. Yeah. We gave him the juice. We've got him fired up. So he's jumping the leaderboards and waiting for him to get that win. So we'll go back into old Scott's interview with us, um, before this PGA season, great guy. You'll love this interview. You love hearing him talk about being a dad and being a golfer. Perfect. So enjoy this episode, and we'll see you next week as we roll out some new tournaments for you guys. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, we got it's Trevor, Brian, and I, and we're joined by another amazing guest this week. Uh, we sit down with professional golfer Scott Stallings. Scott made his professional debut in 2009, has played in 10 major championships, uh, has won three tour wins and finished recently fifth in the Barracuda Championship and sixth in Sanderson Farms Championship. And most important, Scott, you're a husband and a dad, and we are really glad to have you on the show today. You're, you're among dads here, so cheesy jokes and socks with sandals are just all right with us. <laughs> Welcome to the show. <laughs> nice. Well, uh, thank you guys for having me on. Scott, I have to comment, you know, despite being a dad yourself, um, I know this come up a lot, but you defy the dad bod odds and you really work hard to keep yourself in top shape. So I got to commend you on that. And actually you posted today on Instagram that you, you reflected back when you were having 12 Dr. Peppers a day. Is that right? Uh, yeah, that was, um, I don't know. I, I guess people were going back through and, uh, somehow it came up, you know, the last masters that I played in and people were Googling pictures and I was getting like direct messages. Like, man, I look back at when you play your masters, like, Holy cow. And, uh, you know, just kind of the realization of how much of a change, uh, has really taken place. But I mean, there, that was to no one's fault other than my own. And, uh, I needed to be the one to take the ownership of it. And, you know, like I said, in all the other interviews, I thought I could do what I want when I wanted it without any kind of repercussions on any back end in terms of on the course or off the course. And, but yeah, man, it was, uh, 12 was, I mean, that's not an exaggeration kind of started my day into my day with sugar and, uh, anything else that was not good for you. And, uh, you know, kind of in the dietary realm and, uh, it's been a journey. I've learned a lot and, uh, hopefully kind of be a go between, between, uh, people, you know, trying to take that first step and making some changes that are lasting and not just kind of a flash in the pan. And, you know, too often people just try to dive in and change everything all at once. And which is not lasting. Like if I told you guys, you're going to get better at golf and, you know, you're going to work on your chipping and your putting and your iron play and your driving, and you're just going to like, 
you're going to fix it all. Like that's not really even possible. <laughs> and, you, know, you gotta, you, you gotta kind of make incremental incremental changes and, uh, you know, this kind of, you know, pursuing, uh, getting better in all areas, just one spot at a time. And, you know, I think too many people go all or nothing and kind of make it too daunting or make it where it's, you know, just not even truly possible. And, uh, I had a great team that came around me and kind of helped point me in the right direction and, uh, you know, kind of got me to where I am today. Yeah. I love that story. It's a really cool one. And so if you, anyone hasn't heard it, go check it out because, uh, you've done some great work, but you know, we were just talking with you and you were saying you picked up your daughter, um, you're on tour, you got two kids, you got your, your wife and you're into fitness and obviously playing golf. I mean, what does a normal day in your life look like? How do you balance everything? Like at home or on the road? Um, uh, Cause it's two, it's two completely different lives. <laughs> um, uh, kind of at home. I mean, both, both kids, this is the first, uh, and everyone asks about how COVID's affect golf and the tour and everything that goes on with that. Um, I have, this past year was probably the most nervous I've ever been about a PJ tour season because my family was not going to travel full time. Both my kids grew up on the road. They both started traveling at four weeks and kind of everything that went along with that made me extremely just cause it was new. And my wife had traveled to almost every tournament I played and there's going to be a huge transition year for us. We lived in Arizona, um, half the year and we, we sold our house in Arizona and we moved back to Tennessee full time and built a house kind of out in the country. And so there's a lot of positives, but a little bit of unknown and March 14th rolls around and uh, we end up spending, I've lived in this house for about 18 months and I've lived in this house more in the last 18 months. Than I've lived in any place in five years. Oh, wow. <laughs> just, just, just me. And so, you know, we had some great family time. It was, it was good. It's kind of get away from the clubs and, uh, spend time with my family and my son was doing virtual school. So, uh, I didn't teach him anything. I helped, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, definitely you'll find out as your kids get older, it doesn't take you very long to feel like, man, my seven year old is smarter than me. <laughs> uh, but just the balance in that. So my, my typical day now that, you know, this is our sense of normal, uh, both kids go to school. My daughter goes Monday, Wednesday, Friday, my son goes Tuesday and Thursday. And I either wake up really early and work out or kind of fit my training schedule in the morning part of the day based on the weather. Uh, I try to, I don't, I at least try to take and or pick up at, at least one part of the day where I'm at least have that car ride with them. Cause there's just no telling, especially the four year old, what she's truly going to say, cause anything can come out <laughs> and just, you know, and I just, I want them to know that like, I want to be a part of there and I kind of fit my schedule around what they're doing. Uh, my, both kids have played sports, both kids are doing, you know, different activities. So I kind of fit my schedule based around that. And, um, you know, it is definitely a balance between, you know, my marriage uh, you know, my relationship with my kids and kind of growing and developing them. And, you know, then my job too, which to call my family, a, a, a blessed distraction is, you know, people might take that as a, you know, man, that's kind of a weird thing to say, but you know, when most of you, you basically play against the best players in the world on the best tour in the world, and you're every week's kind of on a knife's edge, as far as just your margin of error, it's nice to kind of separate yourself and kind of get away from it a little bit. And, um, I didn't always do the best job of that, 
but now as my kids are getting older, you start to see that, man, they're getting older quicker. And, you know, not that I feel like my time is going away, but I mean, they just change so much. And I try to put myself in their lives as much as I possibly can, even though that more often than not, I'm, uh, I'm going to be gone in some form or fashion at some time. Yeah, I love it. And, you know, where you're recording, we are just, you know, looking at your picture on the wall with your son there at Augusta. And I looked at your Instagram. You got another really cool picture with him on the green with you wearing wearing the outfit um, with Stallings on the back. You know, talk about that a little bit with your son and bringing both your kids around on the course with you. Uh, it is a unique day for sure. So that was 2014 and I was telling you guys before we started recording that picture is still in the masters, you know, kind of the, I guess the, anything to do with the par three, that picture is brought up, um, just cause it's, I mean, it kind of symbol everything of what that day is. And I mean, mm-hmm. if that's not the best day in golf, like I truly don't know what it is. Cause it has, no, I remember I played with Ryan Moore in that and his son's uh, probably six months older than Finn is. And Ryan won the par three tournament and we didn't know. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh. So he, I mean, you know, with all the slopes and everything, like you can hit it to, you know, tap in or you can make a six, you know, just kind of mm-hmm. depend on what it was. And he'd hit it close a couple times and we kind of lost track. And at one point his son tried to go in the water and the other point my son tried to go in the water. So we were just <laughs> managing <laughs> chaos and they have that front pin on nine and Ryan hit it off the slope and it came back down to tap in and we tapped in and took our pictures and they came over and said, Ryan, we need you to do an interview. Uh, you won. We're like, Oh, wow. Oh. You yeah. did. <laughs> so, uh, so we, you know, I'm keeping a score and I have no idea. Like we're just trying to like not injure anybody. (laughs) And, you know, no kid gets hit with anything or no kid takes a dive in one of the ponds. And, but I mean, it's truly one of the best days and most celebrated days in golf. And, um, it's super special need to, you know, get myself back in there. I got a blonde hair, blue eyed little girl that she would look super cute in some pink and <laughs> a, a, a white jumpsuit. And, uh, if there was ever a child to make a, a dive for in the water, she would definitely be the, <laughs> the one to do it. So that'd be, that'd be a great just, scene. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And just cannonball right off one of the two yeah. boxes. <laughs> so, um, how old is your son in that picture? You said he was 18 months, 16 months. Uh, 14 months in that 14. one. So. Oh yeah. So he's does born, he, he was born in February. Uh, and so that was, you know, early April of the next awesome. year. So does, does so he, he remember? He, he, he says he does, but there's no, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're going to so, keep reminding him of that every, every year that yeah. he gets older and he's, he's, uh, complaining about something. You'd be like, Hey, remember the masters that, that you got to yeah. walk around with he, me? Yeah. Everyone this time of year, it's, I mean, it's November, but every April when during the tournament, that picture gets brought up, like, you know, pictures of years past and people yeah. ask him, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I remember. I remember. I'm like, <laughs> no, you're full of it, man. You don't remember. <laughs> so what well, does he understand the the importance of it now? I mean, I think he's old enough at seven. He probably understands how important that is. Right. Yeah. Especially knowing like some of his friends, you know, from just growing up on tour and golf and everything have been, uh, you know, had the opportunity to do it. And now he's kind of seen it. And now he's like, dad, like, let's get it together here. Like, <laughs> no pressure. Let's, let's, let, let, let's figure this out and, and have an opportunity to go back, especially with my kids now being old enough where they would remember, you know, makes it even more. So hopefully we have the opportunity to drive 
down Magnolia Lane a couple more times before it's all over. Yeah, let me ask you, just being a dad, a question I get a lot as a dad, and I love to ask um, right now, what, what is the favorite thing your kids are into? I mean, what, I mean, every day, we can always say every day is the best day with our kids, but what's your favorite thing that you see they're interested in? Well, we just got a dog, so that is a unique experience all in itself. So, um, anyone that owns, has a pet, the oh, yeah. newness of that and kind of seeing and um, – we thought we were going to get one last year and we went and saw the puppies and literally the kids had no interest at all. Um, it, my daughter's name is Millie and the mom's name that had the puppy's name was Millie. We're like, man, this is destiny. Like uh, we're, we're leaving one of these dogs and our kids had zero interest whatsoever. And, you know, kind of transition a year later and things started asking about it. And now we have a little, you know, basically almost eight week old golden doodle and mm. to see like kids take responsibility. And my daughter wakes up every single day. That's the first thing she asks about. She wants to go to bed. If we ever can't find the dog, it's with my daughter and, and trying to see just, uh, you know, them turn into, you know, little adults, I guess, you know, <laughs> I'm sure our dog, if she could speak or we could hear her thoughts, she'd be like, get me away from this child. <laughs> you haven't scooped but, poop yet. Oh man. We got him. We got him doing it all. We nice. got him on a, full, a full maintenance program. <laughs> Perfect. That's good. Yeah. I had a, uh, I had so, two dogs before I had my kids and they were born. Um, the dogs were about 10 or so was, was the oldest dog. And uh, the dogs became almost like parents uh, to our kids. Yeah. Like when we weren't around, they were watching. Um, so they got, they got a super close bond. But um, now my wife keep asking, uh, when are we going to get another dog? I'm like, uh, not until the kids can pick up the poop. That's the, <laughs> that's the rule. Yeah. that was like that. We had some training times as far as like with all the stuff they were going to have to do. And man, they, you know, basically right at about a weekend and, everything's uh, so far so good, but the newness is still very much there. Like I'm looking behind you in my backyard and I can see my kids with our dog and running around and it's, it's cool to see. And that's, you know, very in the forefront of our minds and, you know, kind of transitioning to having a, a fifth member of our family that can't communicate or, uh, uh <laughs> you know, just kind of doing all the stuff that dogs do. So, uh, it's been a cool experience so far talking with you about uh, your kids and, and you obviously bring them around the course a lot. And, you know, tell us a little bit what you take as, as being dad with them in golf. I mean, that's, that's what you do for a living, obviously, like you said, but um, do they show a lot of interest or do you take them with you to, to play around a little bit or have you looked at any competitive tournaments for them in the future? No, no, <laughs> not at all. Um, you know, golf's what I do. It's not who I am. Um, I love my job. I think I have the best job in the world but I try to do my absolute best not to bring it home with me um, and try to not have that spot where they, you know, their identity is not wrapped up into what I do for a living. And I, sometimes it's easier said than done. And, you know, sometimes it just is what it is and you just kind of have to deal with it. And um, I had a unique experience. We played in this like charity exhibition match at a local course here in town. Um, with some other uh, tour pro friends of mine and some of my son's friends asked their dads to come out and watch us play. And I think that was a bit of a unique experience for my son, for him to just like, why, why in the world would they want to do that? Like, 
I live with you every day. It's not that great. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I, I think, you know, like I said before, we started recording, you know, they will always, my kids will always have access to golf if they want it. It will never be forced or expected upon them. But I just think there's a, a lot of things that, you know, I played every sport growing up as a kid and, you know, then kind of fell in love with it, you know, later on. And, and I just think there's the specialization in sports and just life experiences. They short side the kids so much now with just, you know, super highly competitive nature. And I mean, life is, there's enough time for stress and anxiety instead of forcing that upon a kid to make a decision at such a young age, as far as what they want to do. And so mm -hmm. I want to give them as many experiences as they can and um, let them be the ones to decide. And my wife and I will support them as best we possibly can and, you know, push them in the right direction. Scott, what was your uh, first experience um, with your dad growing up? Did he play a lot of golf? Yeah, he was a, he was a good player growing up. Um, my dad's a pastor and, you know, so it was a, a little bit of a unique experience as far as we didn't have the traditional, you know, Sunday afternoon rounds of golf. It was kind of get it in whenever we could and, and kind of trend transition. I actually made it my first hole in one uh, ever. I was visiting him during my spring break and he was still in seminary at where he went to school he went to seminary in north carolina and you know kind of balanced uh, there so everyone sees my first home was in north carolina like what in the world it's just kind of a, a, a fluke experience but one of my first ever like recollections of golf with my dad is we were playing in a monsoon and i was about i mean i couldn't have been much more than like five years old and we it was raining so hard that we had this golf cart that we had parked on a hill and we the basically the ground gave way and the <laughs> cart just went right in the middle of this pond <laughs> and i was just like what are we gonna do and i mean thankfully it didn't go too far in and you know they were able to pull it out and everything was fine but uh, I could tell you exactly what hole, where we were, everything that happened. And he just looked at me and I looked at him. It's like, uh, I guess we we're going to walk back <laughs> and find someone that could, we can help us get this golf cart out of the edge of this water. But, uh, you know, uh, he was super supportive and, uh, you know, he still played, he probably plays 10 rounds a year, but I man, he's got five grandkids now and he's kind of wants to do what they want to do. And, um, every now and then he'll sneak out and play around a round of golf with me or you know, we'll get some, you know, some of our old buddies together and play. But, um, I think he's got some other stuff that he would, he'd rather focus on being granddad and, you know, he play golf kind of whenever he gets an opportunity to. Yeah. So, um, what was the first time do you remember beating your dad for the time? I don't remember the first time beating him. Uh, I'm sure his uh, knowledge of that is greater than mine, but it, it probably didn't take as long as he says it did. <laughs> um, gotcha. But I mean, after I made that hole in one, uh, in when I was, I was right before I turned 13, um, man, I, golf is kind of what I always did secondary. I played all the other sports as far as the seasons and golf is just kind of what I did in the middle. And man, I made my first hole in one tiger won the masters everything completely changed and then i just went on this just trajectory of you know that was all i was concerned about i wanted to play all the time literally sun up to sundown and it, it didn't matter and um so it, it had to have been some i don't know if it was before then or after then but it was probably not too far from from there but um 
everyone asks, you know, I ever want to get to the point where my son beats me. And I was like, he better get a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, quick question, you know, just talking about the, you know, the kids and stuff, what's, uh, what's your, your favorite thing to do with your kids? Um, and what is their favorite thing to do with you? I guess it, it could be two different things, right? Um, we started this thing and especially during, uh, and it probably started when my son started school full time. We homeschooled him for kindergarten to travel one more year. And then first grade, my wife started this thing on Fridays, you know, happy Friday and where something happens just outside of the normal, you know, kind of not mundane, but, you know, just kind of monotonous of a school week. You know, you wake up, go to school, come back, you know, do whatever you need to do and then eat dinner and kind of get ready to go to bed and it starts over. And, um, so it was, you know, go out to dinner, you know, movie, you know, some fun activity at home or whatever. And my wife's pretty creative as far as different opportunities and, you know, to see that and, you know, tomorrow's Friday and, uh, I'm sure we'll have some unique activity. Once the kids go to bed, we'll come up with what we're going to kind of game plan and, and see. And it's just exciting to see the kids when they wake up on a Friday. I mean, my daughter has no sense of any kind of schedule or days of the week. She knows the days of the week. She just <laughs> does not know what they, what yeah. the current day of the week is. <laughs> right. And, um, you know, so to see like, Oh, it's Friday. And then they start trying to figure it out and, and kind of go from there. So that's one of the things that I really look forward to. Um, especially when I'm home, I had the opportunity, I guess, fortunately and unfortunately last week in Houston, I missed the cut, but I was first off at six forty-five, So I was able to catch a flight to get back to Knoxville in time to be part of like happy Friday and, and kind of see what that was like. And, Oh, wow. You know, some days it, it sounds way more than it is. Some days it's pizza and a movie at home and the kids love it. But I think it's just something to kind of, you know, give them an opportunity to say, Hey, you guys have had a, a long week, you know, we're going to celebrate that and, and enjoy doing something together. And, um, you know, that's, that's probably my favorite thing. And uh, hopefully they enjoy that as much as maybe we think they do, but uh, <laughs> that's good. But that's something that's taken place over the last probably year or so. I like that. We're going to have to start doing that like a specific time and make a big deal about it and get them excited. Something to anticipate all week that, that keeps the boredom from creeping in. So cool. Yeah. And Scott, you know, one thing a lot of guys don't really know about you. We were talking earlier um, is about your work with the, the junior golf tours and uh, the, the charity work you've done with that. You want to tell us what you have going on in Tennessee there with the junior golf? I do a lot in junior golf in <laughs> yeah. Tennessee. Um, uh, I, I would assume that's probably having to do with something along the lines of the kids play free program. We started, we started back in 2015 and, uh, my financial manager basically not necessarily intentionally called me out, but just said, you know, we do a lot with professional golf. We do a lot with high level amateur. Uh, I do a thing called the Tennessee junior cup where we take the best player, the best junior players in Tennessee and do an East versus West Ryder cup. And, you know, everything is kind of on the elite side of playing, never as far as the developmental and the idea as far as why people don't play. And it was time, cost, and availability. And we just said, well, what do we need to do to fix that? And not that we're going to have the, the one way to, to solve that problem, you know, over a large scale, but we can have a direct impact on the community that we live in. And um, 
we've got a great supporting uh, program in the Tennessee Golf Foundation, and they help partner with a couple courses here in Knoxville. And I don't know if you guys follow wrestling at all, but our county mayor in Knoxville is Kane. Uh, the wrestler, <laughs> oh, <I didn't. laughs> uh, yeah. So he he is his name real name is Glenn Jacobs, and he is a huge proponent of uh, you know community and uh, ambassadorship as far as giving back and and this. And so he basically allotted two uh, county courses that we run the program out of, and basically the only requirement is to physically be there. That's mm-hmm. it. Yeah. And, uh, you sign up for like an email program if you want, if you want access to kind of some, you know, free education opportunities, but clubs, balls, access to course, everything is provided and, you know, you just go and play and, uh, it's, it's a pretty cool program to be. And, uh, we're going to touch, uh, this year, um, you know, somewhere probably just North of about 2,500 people for the first time ever playing. And we don't count repeats. Those are just people that, you know, came and played one time. And that was the first time they participated in the program. I don't know the total number of rounds this year. Uh, COVID had definitely had a tremendous impact uh, on (laughs) because all the golf courses stayed open. Uh, so the rounds of golf were very high. (laughs) The only thing to do, get outside. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. I saw some numbers from 2018 that you had like 1600 kids, uh, just the year prior to that. So you got to, what was it? What you said, uh, 2,500 this last year. Yeah. And that was the first time. So that's just participants in the program, you know, that play golf at least one time. We don't count the repeats. I had one kid come to my fundraiser last year. We had a dinner and the kid said he played nine rounds in one day. <laughs> so oh, we, oh, we, oh. We, we don't count that. Kid. <laughs> we count, he, 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 he gets the rounds counted, but he doesn't get the, um, the sounds, repeat uh, of going on there. But, uh, this sounds like, like a young see, Scott Stallings. You see a kid come up and he's super fired up about the program and what he gets to be a part of. And, uh, it's, it's very unique to see, and it's nice to give back and, you know, to see kind of a program just kind of came out of a a random lunch meeting and, you know, now it is what it is. And, you know, we have a huge amount of support from the community and, uh, through the golf foundation, it's, uh, you know, the people that we have working here in East Tennessee, our program director is incredible. And, uh, you know, he's solely responsible for kind of boots on the ground and, and kind of the way I'm just kind of the one that, you know, keeps pushing him in the right direction, hopefully. And he, he just kind of puts up with me. You know, you're talking to three dads who are pretty much just average golfers. So what, what's the one tip you could give us? I mean, what would separate us from the pack? If you could share one little, one little hope for us here on the course. Just cause we're going to cut, we're going to cut this from the, from the recording. So nobody else knows or hears this. <laughs> Eat all of our friends. Just, just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> just cause you can, doesn't mean you should. Uh, that is probably, like that's probably something that needs to be put on like a bumper sticker. Yeah. <laughs> and cause that, that could be like through a lot of attributes of life, but you see like one of my best friends in the world, uh, he's a dad, he's got four kids. Um, awesome dude and he plays golf probably once a week and he gets this in his mind like it's like every shot's like live or die he told me the other day he's like man i shot 82 with three triples i'm like how (laughs) (laughs) like how i said did you hit it out of bounds you hit the water it's like no i didn't have a penalty shot i'm like what in the world (laughs) and he's like man i just got in this spot and i just i was like i'm going for it 
And I said, well, if you didn't go for it, what were you going to make? Cause like bogey, I said, so you would have shot, if you'd have made bogey in those, I said, you, you know, you'd have shot 76. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, that'd been one of my best rounds I've ever played. I was like, so was going for it worth it? It's like, <laughs> no. no. <laughs> so, I mean, you see so many guys that just, you know, they get so amped to play and then they get in a situation where just disaster can happen. And it's like, well, I'm not going to play for a month or I'm not going to play for two more weeks. Like I'm going for it. And the next thing you know, mm-hmm. instead of enjoying their day that, Hey, I, I managed it. And, you know, I, I made a bogey where I should have made a 10. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, the, the value of par and bogey at a, you know, average amateur level is goes a long way. And it, mm-hmm. I mean, it dramatically decreases your handicap and your, I mean, you can consider it boring, but 76s are a lot more fun than 82s. Yeah. That was, that was another question. That leads into a question I was going to ask you. If you had to shoot a per- perfect par 72 round, would you rather have nine bir- birdies, nine bogeys or 18 pars? I've actually done both. Um, uh, <laughs> b- both are I- I- incredibly frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> so I actually did it in a U.S. Open qualifier when we do the 36 holes, um, you know, in one day. And the first round I made 18 pars. And oh. The lady thought I didn't write my scores in right. She's like, "This, you really did this?" I'm like, "Yep, I made 18 pars. It was awful." Wow. And then, and then I've actually I played a tournament round. I think it was on the nationwide tour, and I made nine nine birdies and nine bogeys. I didn't make a par. Not a single wow. par for the day. Like <laughs> that was rough. Yeah, I mean th- that that's like ma- that's like chipping in and three putting. <laughs> <laughs> you got to follow that question with your with the same thing on on sleep. Oh, my parents. dad question. Yeah, so that was yeah. the golf question. My dad question. I usually ask these guys is if you know if you got your kids are a little older now, but if you remember back a few years ago when your kids only like one year old and you're kind of struggling to get the regular sleep thing. You know, I always ask these guys, would you take, if you had a month, would you take two weeks of sleep for uh, eight hours and then two weeks of sleep for uh, three hours? Or would you go the whole month of just five hours straight? It's a philosophical dad question there for you. Mm, But you know, you're going to get five every time. Yep. Five every time. It's kind of that parallel to the golf question, the pars and the birdies boogies. I think I would do the eight, eight and three. Cause man, that eight feels like a hundred. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. It's recovery. You remember like the first time your kids slept through the night, uh, mm-hmm. like your Scared first you. child and you're like, Oh no. And then you, then you go and like check on them and they're like giving you like the middle finger, like, leave me alone. I'm good. Like, I got this. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm just over here, like trying to sleep for 12 hours and you're over here panicking. Cause I didn't wake up, you know, an hour ago, like I normally do. Yeah. That's right. oh, yeah. and, and then that second kid comes and you're like, ah, they're fine. <laughs> good. yeah i think that's what every dad should know that second kid which i haven't had the second kid yet but everyone you guys all speak it saying that second kid you're just like they're fine they just let them go yeah mm-hmm. i mean my my daughter could basically set herself on fire and be like ah she's probably okay <laughs> and, and then like if my my son like had like a grass stained like a er like yeah, yeah. urgent <laughs> ur- urgent care yeah, you think he's allergic to your ass? Like, <laughs> and then <laughs> Scott, we really appreciate you coming on. Um, where can uh, all the listeners find you and any programs or anything coming up for you that you want them to know about? 
Uh, we try to do a bunch of stuff on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Instagram is my name, Scott Stallings, and then Twitter's uh, Stallings Golf. Actually, Scott Stallings is also a piano player. I do not play piano at all. Mm. So uh, he took <laughs> the, to the Twitter name. Uh, so people ask me that all the time, like, why are they different? But that's the answer. Um, right. So I hope the other Scott Stallings piano player is doing great. Um <laughs> And uh, I'm sure he gets a lot of odd golf questions sent his way. <laughs> uh, so as I, yeah, as I get piano questions asked to me all the time, I'm like, man, I don't play piano. <laughs> so, uh, and what's next for you in your golf golf journey? What are you be focusing on? I leave uh, in a couple of days to go down to RSM. I got two more tournaments to play RSM and Sea Island, Georgia, then Thanksgiving and then uh, Mexico. And that'll be it. Uh, for the year, the calendar year, and then wrap around. Hopefully, uh, peel one off and play in Maui. But if it doesn't work out like way, that way I'll play. I'll start my year in Palm Springs at the American Express. Um, All right, to start the year on, on the West Coast. Yeah, we yeah, wish yeah, you the best of luck in your tour uh, coming up. And uh, Scott, I'll just tell you, I'm, I'm on the West Coast. We're all on the West Coast. I'm in California. You played in the Barracuda Championship. You did really well there, actually. You took fifth. Um, that's right in my backyard over there on, on Old Greenwood. Um, yeah, Truckee is sweet, man. That, it, uh, that I love that place. I'll definitely go back. Were you there? Did you see well, the bear cross the fairway? I was there. That was right after I played the 18th hole because I got asked when I got done. It's like, did mm-hmm. y'all see the bear on 18? And I'm like, and that was literally the group <laughs> right behind us is when that happened. That was nuts. Oh, I mean, wow. but that whole course and everything was great. Uh, you know, it'd be a unique golf course with uh, the fans there just because it's kind of spread out. Uh, but the whole vibe of Truckee and, and I'd only been there in the wintertime when there was two feet of snow. So it was cool to see the golf and, you know, just that whole area is incredible. That downtown area is awesome. Yeah, it is. I've played that course a few times. It's beating me up pretty good. But I'm going to use your tip now next time, and I'll play it a little different. <laughs> yep. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. Exactly. Like you just listen for free. Now, here's the deal. Go to our website at birdiedads.com and join us. You will get our golf starter's guide and our golf coloring book for kids free right now by signing up. It just takes an email. Thanks for hanging out with us, and we'll see you next time.